This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. I'm just going to put it out there. The two greatest problems facing Christianity today in the church, Christophobia. In the culture, Christianophobia. Let me repeat. Two greatest problems facing Christianity today. In the church, Christophobia. In the culture, Christianophobia. When I wrote the book Soul Tsunami 20 years ago, I had 10 chapters that um, focused on various challenges of the future. And I had a countdown to some of the greatest tsunami waves that were going to hit the church. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And I started the book with number 10. But I put as the first one you read about, even though it was number 10, but I was also saying it's a very important one, um, that the future was not just increasingly post-Christian, but anti-Christian. And that's how I started the book. You would not believe the criticism I got for this. It's hard, it's hard for us to understand 20 years ago where we were and what's happened in 20 years. But I had all sorts of nasty emails, letters to the publisher, um, nasty letters that I was exaggerating the problem. I was pandering to hysteria. I was as sensitive to other religions that were being more persecuted by fire than Christians were. I heard from all sorts of people on the more conservative side that America would never turn its back on Christianity, that Christianity was what built this country. And how could I say that we're increasingly becoming post-Christian, indeed anti-Christian. Um, it's kind of when somebody reads the book now, they just kind of yawn at this because it's old news. But um, um, we are now at a place where everyone who knows the numbers and knows what's going on in the world today will tell you that Christianity, the Christians are the most persecuted group in the world. That 70% of all religious persecutions are against Christians in the world. In fact, there's at least a quasi-genocide going on in the Middle East, our place of origins against Christians. And the way in which Christianity, Christians are being uh, exterminated and, and exhumed from our uh, natal place is, uh, is a scandal. I, I thought of this um, as we heard the reports of the fire in Notre Dame and the amount of it, was it religious illiteracy? Was it deliberate intent? Was it just abysmal coverage? Was it lack of knowledge? This is a former BBC employee, Catherine Utley, who pointed out this, that News at 10 managed to report on the fire at Notre Dame without a single mention of the words Christian, Christianity, Catholic, worship, worshipers, sacred, mass, or holy week. Uh, can you imagine? This is how you're covering the fire at one of the major cathedrals of, of the Christian church. 
The New York Times had to run a corrective to a report on Notre Dame that described the Blessed Sacrament as a statue of Jesus. They didn't even know that a sacrament, the Blessed Sacrament, was what, what it meant. They thought the Blessed Sacrament meant that they rescued a statue of Jesus. The, the unbelievable way in which we are understanding where the whole uh, culture is and the world is, in relation to Christianity, is... The one person that is I really appreciate who's getting this right, he's the religion editor for the Times Literary Supplement. His name is Rupert Short. And um, he he is just bald-faced. I'm going to quote you here now. Christians are, by some distance, the most oppressed faith group on earth. They're the most widely targeted body of believers in 144 countries, up from 128 in 2015, and uh, 254 245 million people face persecutions every day um, who are Christians, and 300 Christians are killed every month because of their faith. Um, he's a former Oxford Fellow. Um, he is um, um, very explicit in, in calling the church to attention as to what is going on in the world. Um, he also has noticed, which I had missed, that he's never heard the BBC describe the 276 Shabbat girls kidnapped by Nigeria. Remember five years ago? The, the, they were um, kidnapped and, and made slaves. They were kidnapped, but they were Christian girls. Muslim girls would not have been allowed to attend school in the first place. They were kidnapped from their school, but they were all Christian girls. No one, and I had missed this, no, no one ever said this was a, an assault on a Christian school. It was just, these were, um, these were girls that were, were kidnapped in Nigeria. By the way, the most dangerous place in the world for Christians, um, where we are killed most readily and violently, is now in Nigeria. So the, um, the plight of Christians around the world is something that I call you to pray about. I call you to, these are brothers and sisters. The um, ruling hierarchies now are increasingly inhospitable to, um, to Christian faith. It's in the China of Zhao Jinping. He's been in office since 2012. It's in the India of uh, Narendra Modi. Who was first elected in 2014. Uh, the plight of Christians has worsened, not gotten better under their reign. Of the 41 countries judged religiously free in a survey conducted some years ago by the Freedom House think tank. Um, if you score one, two, three on a scale of one to seven, 35 are traditionally Christian. Only two traditionally Christian countries out of 45, Belarus and Cuba, were deemed to be not free. That is scoring a six or seven. The other countries rated highly, including three traditionally Buddhist domains, Japan, Mongolia, and Thailand. And the Buddhist societies scoring poorly were those with communist governments, China, Tibet, Laos, North Korea, Vietnam. So the greatest curbs on religious freedoms take place, no doubt, in Muslim-majority countries. But it is a problem that is not just limited to Muslim-majority countries. It's a worldwide problem. And we need more interfaith conversation. We need more interfaith con, uh, discussion. Um, 
and we need a new way of talking to one another and talking about what it means to be at the same time faithful to our traditions at the at the same time we are all partners together on a planet that have to be about the mission of a better world and a better humanity and we can do both at the same time and we need to pray for this kind of peaceful bridging that can bring together people who are faithfully in their own religious traditions but at the same time can lock arms with each other to bring together a better world if this does not happen the future is is very bleak for us and um i don't want to say this but that for some of us there will be martyrdom in our future that there will be a paying of the price if we do not find new ways to bridge these um, chasms that are separating us as humans from each other i have one scholar who claims that one in every 200 christians living today can expect some form of martyrdom i am not at that point but we are facing a future that is increasingly christianophobic and we're in a church where the name of jesus is increasingly rare and these are the two greatest problems facing the church today. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.